Here's your dose of healthy infotainment. These are genuine conversations and real discussions for your health and vitality journey. I'm Chloe LeVray. I'm Alia Abdullah. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to The Continua Podcast. Jinx. <laughs> Water, smoothie, something. <laughs> Actually, is my favorite song. Who's who's this? Hey, oh, I heard across the grapevine. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know this one. I probably have played it for you in the car. I'm pretty sure I have. It's Learn to Fly by FKJ. Okay. And Chloe, what are you snacking on? She has a snack of the day. Yes. It's called Cafe Gratitude. They make these buckwheat crackers in-house. Very simple ingredients. Buckwheat groats, sunflower seeds, carrots, flax meal, extra virgin olive oil, salt, Italian herb blend, and garlic. Delicious. And you have a sip of the day. So what are you sipping on? I'm on a regimented cleanse for fibroids. Mm -hmm. Tune into our episode with Lauren Papanos to talk about hormones and nutrition. That being said, I have a green drink I made at home. So there's sea moss, mangoes, oats, spinach, and peaches Okay. in here. And are these very specific ingredients for your cleanse or just kitchen sink? <laughs> the whole kitchen sink is okay. what we'll say. <laughs> yes, because I'm plant-based right now. It's, it's doing the job. I do there feel better and I will share on this podcast that I was trying to get rid of a parasite for quite some months. Yeah. The moral of this story is that when you follow directions, sometimes it actually works in your favor and I followed these directions, so here we are. And, <laughs> and that's why it's working. It would you would have gotten rid of it sooner had you followed directions. I think so. I agree and I, I could see that and I have been in your shoes. Don't worry. <laughs> we are excited for our guest who we are going to have on today. So my good friend, Edward Eddie Ohm, is an expert body therapist and neurotrauma lecturer. Eddie has been a body worker for 10 years and in the physical rehabilitation space for 15 years. Devoted to merging the studies of psychology and physiology, he has been a champion of therapeutic touch as a standard in post-traumatic stress treatment. He has traveled the world and treated thousands of different individuals with his unique approach, neurobehavioral reflex therapies, a high validation treatment which tracks the body's natural reflexes to completion. Eddie created the Science of Touch brand to better connect individuals and practitioners on how complex trauma manifests in the body and how we use manual therapies as a crucial tool for the healing process. Wow. Thank you, Eddie, for being here. We're excited to dive in and ask you questions. Hello. Hi. Thank <laughs> you so much for having me on. This is this is awesome. I, I really appreciate it. That intro, it is a lot. I got to shorten it down a little bit. But I think but everything in there needs, I mean, yeah. to, needs to be said. Yeah. Yes, it's all good stuff. So I have a quick question because when I met Chloe, she was giving me the breakdown between a coach versus personal trainer. And so mm -hmm. understanding you're a body worker, what is that versus, would I say, therapist. massage therapist? Massage or, therapist, yeah. Okay, so what's what's the difference between the two? I, I would just say 
the level of dedication, training, background, it's, it's going to, it's going to come from a lot of different places. Uh, if you, if you decide to call yourself a body worker right now, there's really no technical certification for body worker over massage therapist. Mm-hmm. All touch is really, really important. Touch therapists can range from osteopaths to massage therapists, but like all touches, all touch is important. So to be a body worker in my regard, I have a background in physical therapy, physical rehabilitation, kinesiology, and trauma-informed background through a psychological training. So, Ooh. Yeah. All those are going to be important to incorporate into body work in the, in the future. So would you say that you are a pioneer of this method of body work? I, I'd say I'm the loudest one on the mountain. <laughs> Uh, we like it. Yeah, yeah. that's great. <laughs> I'd say there wasn't enough merging of fields that, that I saw happening. Particularly, I would say psychotherapy through the course of the 1900s into today has really branched into le- legalizing everything, putting definitions to things. And that means getting away from touch as far as possible because of safety concerns and everything. Mm-hmm. But like there's still a, a bridge that needed to be gapped between, between psychology and physiology. And I saw it through touch. Uh, touch is a sensory experience. We build our sensory bodies. We build our reality out of our sensory bodies. So why, why aren't we incorporating touch into trauma-informed practices and psychology more? And so that's where I saw the in to move touch in this direction. Do you have any experience with dealing with your own trauma in your body and, and someone helping you navigate that, I guess you can say? I do. I do. You know, if I get injured, I do it to the, to the max. So I got a couple of those stories. Usually there's a grade one, grade two. I I would usually walk away with a grade five. So, but I did injure myself in high school, substantially ended my football career, bounced around in the kinesiology field, learning about kinesiology through my college education program, but never really understood what I was missing from my own rehabilitation until I met a body worker touch therapist. I thought I could work, you know, the, the traditional thing at the time was like, work out, do this set regimen of exercises and you'll get better. Nobody told me that, you know, therapeutic touch and getting the body to relax and into deep states of relaxation was going to be the course that I needed to thrive. And so I had a body worker take me through that. Soon after that, I said, you know what, I'm already in the field. I'm a physical therapy technician. I would like to move in this direction, this therapeutic touch direction. And I sat with him. We're still friends to today, which is really cool. And so he kind of was like my guiding, uh, guiding pillar, guiding light into the field. And then I haven't really looked back. It's been a beautiful process of helping others gain their story back, gain their agency, gain their uh, lives and their bodies back. um, And also teaching other practitioners how to work in trauma-informed ways and also how to work in ways that focus on neuroscience as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's, there are different types of trauma, right? When someone says trauma, it can mean something totally different for everyone, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so actually I'll say when I said trauma, it's funny because I meant psychological trauma. But, yeah. once, oh, but, psych- once, yeah. but when you answered, you were talking about your physical, physical trauma, trauma, which I found right. so interesting. Right. right. So yeah. how can those two merge into the, the body work that you do? It's the biggest topic I think we're involved with today. One of the main driving forces of, of my practice is answering the question, how does 
trauma manifests in the body. Usually when people think about it, they mean psychological, but psychological and physical are so ingrained and tied together. Our body map is stored in our sensory motor function. And so that's sitting right at the base of our brain. That's right in the area that dictates how we define meaning in our lives. And so whenever I heard over time, I, I would take courses and stuff. And whenever I would hear people say, ah, oh, trauma stored in the body, trauma stored in the body. I sat there and I was like, okay, well, that is true. Inherently, we've known that for thousands of years. Where and how? Right. Like, where and how is it stored in the body? I'm a science nerd, so I need a little bit more cold, hard facts. Data. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> You need yeah. the data. Yeah. <laughs> you need the data. Yeah. So yeah, we. that's actually where I started to move uh, recently the most. Um, I'm in a, a neuroscience master's at King's College of London, but you know, that's been a driving force is how do we link this physical dysregulation of certain parts of our nervous system and the mental dysregulation of parts of our existence and, and being. So physical and mental states, how do they uh, lead to perpetuating trauma in a negative light. Yeah. Oh, my God, this is so interesting. So body work and therapy, mm-hmm. a lot can come out in a body work session. So do you encourage your patients or your clients that you have on the table to go and see a, a therapist and talk about like what just happened? It, it can happen. We call them somatic experiences. Anything that is a autonomic response, deep, deep, passionate crying, unexplained laughter, cold sweats, or those like goosebumps. Those are all autonomic responses to to body work that can evoke an emotional response because our emotions are are so tied with our uh, autonomic uh, body. And if we get those to occur, there's no shaming. There's no, this is weird. We got to back out. It's a matter of, okay, this happened. And so if we see the person going into narrative, you know, people tend to tie their like deep emotional experiences to some sort of past experience or narrative. And that's really when it's time to, to work with a professional, uh, a mental health professional. It's like, okay, well, this is the person I recommend. Or if you're working with somebody, I'm going to, with your permission, inform your own personal therapist mm-hmm. about this occurrence. And I'll let you talk about it. I don't think it's mandatory to see a, a, a mental health professional if you want to get body work. But I do think it's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's where I would see the, the gap needing to be bridged a lot more. I, any sort of psychological health professional should have a manual health professional that they trust. So mm-hmm. I'm understanding, let's say we're painting a scenario or an example from what you just said. Someone's getting body work. And if they have a reaction where they're laughing hysterically or they're crying overwhelmingly and they get goosebumps, then that's kind of a physical indicator that there's some more psychological things that need to be addressed. And then from there, then you would suggest, like you were saying, to see a mental health professional. Only if it came to narrative. If the individual's uh, a little bit more regulated or actually knows the experience that their body is going through and is familiar with it, uh, we can manage that right on the spot. But if someone is not familiar with what happened and starts to say, you know, I saw this, I saw that part of my childhood, I saw this part of my stuff occurring, you know, I really felt threatened when you were working down by my ankle. Um, These kind of things are, these kind of things would be where it's like, okay, all right, you know, let's sit with that for a minute. And I I won't work with you on narrative. I just, Mm -hmm. I can tell you that it's just normal what happened. Um, 
and and we'll go over here. I'll recommend you to to see this person. I have taken a, a background training on somatic experiencing, which is a, a psychological based training. So we are supposed to work with individuals that go through that process on on a few things leading up to psychological intervention, and that's working with something called Cybam. So what was that sensation that we were feeling? What image came along with that? What behavior are you linking it to? What is that emotion that is, is coming up for you? And what meaning are you putting toward it? So if we work with Cybam and get all these things answered, then it's usually a really good tool to guide them in the path of a mental health professional. Yeah. And it's called, you said somatic... Somatic experiencing. Somatic it's experiencing. A, okay. It is from a, a psychologist named Dr. Peter Levine. And he is working with somebody named Stephen Porges. So he uh, made something called the polyvagal theory. So that is a, a research into the autonomic response of our emotions and how they tie it to trauma. So these two people put together an, an entire training program that has been uh, supremely useful for not only body therapists, but uh, psychologists in the field that are trying to learn more about the body and, and, its, and its autonomic responses. Yeah. Mm. So what does the session with you look like for the first time? Yeah. First time. It's a, it's a long interview. It's a long interview. It's, okay. it's probably about 20 minutes. Everything's set up in a very in, trauma-informed way. So, you know, client has quick access to the door. The lights are at a comfortable level. You know, I'm sitting there with neutral body language. We're going through specific questions about physical well-being. And then everything gets explained. There's nothing about touch that shouldn't be permission-based. That should based. not be permission-based. Yeah. Right. So in a way, we're going through all of that. And then I have a very specific routine that I've developed where I track somatic reflexes. And, and I also coach the breath. Uh, Chloe, you've experienced this I have. Uh, with me. He was yeah. my guy until he left LA. <laughs> let me just say. <laughs> so upsetting. <laughs> so I try to teach clients about their own body through these reflexive responses. It's really hard for another body worker to teach another body worker what to do. They have their own like melding of ideas. But I think it really is important to talk about reflexes a little bit more in, in the bodywork sphere because basically somatic reflexes are what grow us up from like infants to toddlers to, to people. Mm -hmm. They reinforce over time and they don't always get the best communication when we get older as adults. And that's what one thing that bodywork is good for. So I'll, I'll walk people through that during a session. And then I'll teach them about their experience. I'll follow up with them right after probably 24 hours after. And then, you know, I don't really go into narrative. I think it's really important that, that I also talk to them about that. Things are going to come up. You're going to experience stuff. It's really important that we keep this to this particular practice. If you would like my professional opinion and counseling, you, you are totally entitled to it. But I'll send you off to, you know, another professional mm -hmm. and that would be that what a session sense. looks like. So basically somatic yeah. sensory is you asking for permission to touch different parts of your patient's body and allowing them to increase the, the awareness that they should have in their own bodies. 
Absolutely. The, the way that we position the body on the table and, the, and then the specific ways that we're moving, moving big parts, of the, parts body. of the body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the way that we do that is actually not in a way that's supposed to be, it's deep work, but it's not supposed to be aggressive. It's supposed to allow the person to breathe and relax into it which is a really important distinction when you go in for a deep tissue massage or if you go in for this kind of work, someone's supposed to be able to relax into their own body. You mentioned the vagus nerve. Vagus nerve. <laughs> the good old vagus, vagus nerve. I feel like that has been a big topic of discussion in mainstream these days. So can you give a brief definition of what the vagus nerve is and what its function is and why it's so important. I, I will be as brief as possible. <laughs> I know we, this could be a whole hour lecture on this. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Our entire bodies run off of feedback. The way that we keep normal regulation, the heat under our skin, the heart rate, all of this is regulated by our homeostatic processes, which is like feedback. So you've heard of our sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. Our sympathetic nervous system has impeccable feedback. It's the most amazing hard worker. And our autonomic or parasympathetic nervous system, over time, that feedback can get diminished or affected or slowed down even slower than it already is. A lot of that is regulated with the vagus nerve. So all of that feedback that comes from parasympathetic response goes through that nerve, most of it. And if that nerve gets affected by some sort of dysregulated state, be it from uh, fear response or memory patterns or hippocampal activity, which guides the vagus nerve, we can experience types of dysregulation that can affect us in this bad feedback loop, call it a positive feedback loop, which is not a positive thing. There are certain parts of our body where positive feedback is good. Uh, childbirth is a positive feedback process, but unfortunately, so is traumatization and re-traumatization. When you're saying re-traumatization, you're talking about the physical stress of trauma? Physical stress of trauma, yeah. Mm -hmm. If we're going on this loop and re-traumatization and re-traumatization, then the way that we uh, carry ourselves, the way that our heart rate and our lungs function, the way that our digestion functions is going to slow down to have very poor consequences on our health. And so that's the real consequence of psychological trauma is this eventual shutting down of the vagus nerve and the vagal systems. Wow. Mm-hmm. So poor vagal nerve, poor parasympathetic system, mm -hmm. strong vagal nerve, strong parasympathetic system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, how can we go through the body processes? How can we introduce a different feedback to give somebody a different human experience? That's essentially where body work comes in, where movement comes in. That's where changing that diet up comes in. I don't like the word diet, but to you know, getting, Jimin? you mentioned your, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned your going through a, a meatless phase. Oh yeah, uh, I like am. That's, it's all important. It's all important to, to shock the nervous system a little bit. 
send different feedback up so that you can you can switch your routine, you know. If we were to give a, a real world experience of the way that you've broke down the vagus nerve, is there some type of example that you could walk us through in a practical sense? Absolutely. From a, a physical trauma, it would be any scar tissue in the body, really. But if there was a scar tissue from, like, say, an abdominal an injured, surgery yeah, or a C, right. a C section or something mm-hmm. like that, it would be an actual physical shutting down around the, the nerves that function there. So, as far as a real world example, it would just be like somebody who's coming in with chronic anything, but anything can wear down the, the, the communication of our parasympathetic nervous system over time. And I like to say that body workers are behavior change specialists uh, as much as they are touch therapists. So we're not going to reinvent the wheel for that person, but we're going to give them a space and a time that they didn't have maybe before the session to realize what the possibilities are that they can feel like. And that window, if you ever talk to somebody who's trying to break a habit or break an addiction, they got to be given a window of time uh, where they can have a different feeling, have a different uh, outlook, have a different perspective. And so that feeling of time, that that feeling and that time that we give somebody after a session can be really valuable. We've helped stimulate this nerve function. We've been able to shock the system, give them new feedback that they didn't know was possible. And then they get up off the table and go, oh, you know, this is what I could feel like if I worked on this, if I took care of myself in this way. And you break that positive feedback cycle. You give them a, a new, a new sensation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that also that's also really when mental health professionals can can be super useful uh, right. right after that. Yeah. In like the simplest of simple, it's that <laughs> <laughs> it's that the vagus nerve is extremely important, and it is what dictates the strength of the parasympathetic nervous system. That's okay. right. The, the the parasympathetic is not as strong as some of our other uh, operating nerves, and it's important to practice getting that good strong signal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I have a maybe a controversial question about Shoot. what you do versus deep tissue massage. You know, like yeah. I I feel like a lot of people who go to massage therapists want to be heavily worked on like digging into the muscles it should hurt we should feel this like pain in our bodies whereas your practice is the complete opposite of that so do you think that there's a place for both or which one do you think is more beneficial of course (laughs) i think uh, somatic reflex therapies would be way more beneficial but i i would say that there's definitely a place for both deep tissue work I'll put it this way. Sometimes if we're taking the person's breath away, it's a huge disservice. We're not getting that. We're not getting the work done. There's a kind of a hypnotic process to all of this. We actually work with breath to get somebody down into a a regulating state. It takes a lot of coaching the breath. So working the body and saying, Hey, breathe here. And then they, they take a breath. So I maybe work halfway and then they take a breath and they work the other half. If that makes sense. I, I remember doing that with you. Like right, he would literally right. inhale and then he would tell me to exhale. And it was this kind of like. Interesting. Yeah. It was this really awesome like 
symphony of yeah of breath work like between the two of us wow mm-hmm. and at the very ends of muscles are tendons mm-hmm. and that is where the nerves that we're looking for are getting affected if we just go into a muscle and we're digging around there that's not the place we want it's not the muscle belly we we want to affect the tendons and so that takes a very deep stretch and that takes a lot of a person being able to relax and do it. And you can't do that without breath. Breath is this autonomic response that just heals really. So we coach somebody's breath and did some of these stretches, some of these body work responses. And, and that is basically how that works. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so one session with you, well, I guess one session with anyone is probably not enough, right? You probably need to keep coming back to really reap the benefits and and reap the, these long-lasting effects of of body work. Is that correct? If you find the body worker that you have the rapport with, it's important to maintain that practice with that therapist. I try to get a lot done in one session for that person. Let's do as much as we can. I don't necessarily think that set, there's something, and I, I don't mean to slam on a certain industry, but like there's listen, a certain listen, industry. Listen, listen, that... listen, we can be as honest and open <laughs> as possible on this podcast. There, Don't worry. <laughs> there might be a, a profession that does high intensity manipulation that maybe has been set up around a business model that says you need to come back and see me 10, mm. 10 times once a week. That That is not, that's not good for anyone. That's mm. not, that's not a trauma-informed approach, first of all. And I don't think that's a realistic expectation, especially when they end up costing the person a a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So I've always been of the mind to let's get as much done as possible in this short amount of time. And we'll reassess and we'll see where you're at. Uh, If you really feel like setting something up for yourself, let's do three sessions and then see where we're at at the end of the. And and, uh, that's really just been a good business model for me personally, but uh, one that I recommend that uh, we start moving toward. Wow total opposite from what I've heard. I mean, from what I just said, because that's what I assumed. I assumed (laughs) that that, we needed to always constantly come back for work. Yeah. For work. Yeah. That's the thing though, is that once, once this becomes a routine, once the, once the person's afforded that window of benefit, like, Oh, this is actually really, really good for me. We've reinforced a positive habit. Right. Uh, we've reinforced something that is given somebody a, a surprise basically to their nervous system. And they tend to value that above anything else. If it works, I mean, if it works, don't, if it works, keep it going. You know what I mean? I see a lot of that in my clients. No one is ever going to say then after that session, oh man, I'm in this tremendous amount of pain from being chronically rotated. I guess I shouldn't see that practitioner ever again. <laughs> you know what I mean? If they're experiencing some sort of tightness, they're going to come in and, and make a session. So, right, right. Yeah. 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 But the rule of thumb for you and what you, like your core belief system is that I want to get as much done with this person as possible in this one session. And hopefully yeah. that's enough. If it's not, you know, let's do a couple more, but you're not in the business of constantly seeing one person. 
No, the the only thing I would say is that the sessions that are longer than an hour are really important, somewhere in the mm. range of like 80 minutes to 90. And also on the flip side of that, it's really important to know that somebody's attention span doesn't usually last longer than two hours. So it has right. to be this narrow window. Right. So 80 minutes, 90 minutes, let's get as much done as possible. Let's see where, where you're at at the end of it. That makes sense. Yeah. I learned yeah. that with Dr. Huberman, actually. <laughs> the attention span thing. Uh-huh. That's it. Attention span, yep. <laughs> so you created this platform, or this is your company, called Science of Touch. Mm-hmm. What exactly do you do, and what is the mission behind it? Science of Touch was originally started to be a training platform for therapists in the physical space. Obviously, we all got taken out of the physical space for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, I will be coming to LA to yes. start that back up again. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. The But in the meantime, a friend helped me create a platform that is an online school. I get to teach. I have four levels where I get to teach practitioners about building a trauma-informed practice, understanding neurobehavior, and putting it into practice. And then it's a certified program for continuing education for providers. We have 42 hours right now, which means that's like a a really beast of a program. So I created Science of Touch to be this multifaceted, multi-tool place where practitioners can learn about this bodywork science. And that's where we're at right now. That's the brand. And then hopefully we get a training platform together and a physical location once my wife and I moved to to Austin. Nice. Wow. And so this is specifically for people who have already been certified through some sort of other organization. Like they're already physical therapists or body workers. So what you yeah, do is, yeah, is that, continuing education. Okay. So it's not to get a certification to become a mm-hmm. body worker. Mm-hmm. That's right. A okay. f- certification is required, you mm-hmm. know, to, right. to enter just like the, the online mm-hmm. um, platform. That actually, I've, I've opened it up. I, I have psychologists in there. I have personal trainers in there. So I did open it up to all types of certification that are trying to learn about touch um, because we're not actually touching people True. on the yeah. platform, like the physical. Yeah. So right. they, if they want to learn about it, it's open to them. Right. Um, I think it would be right. really interesting as a coach to learn more about this too. Well, guess what? I got a gift for you. <laughs> uh, listen, Eddie, we are going to talk. <laughs> we will be chatting (laughs) we have just one last question for you shoot i love Um, it these are all amazing questions thank you for like letting me uh spout this is such a passion that i don't get to talk about as often as i'd like to except for to my own computer screen right (laughs) so i mean listen i've been i've been a big fan of yours since i met you and i have been waiting for the moment to have you on this podcast yeah. like you were just she has <laughs> I really she have. definitely has <laughs> so this has been such a treat for us too but yeah one last question for you how would you define journey absolutely non-linear journey <laughs> is journey is sometimes backwards <laughs> like i would say i would say journey is like a Journey is like the stock market. It's, it's crashing. <laughs> I love uh, yeah. that. But, but in the most non-cynical sense, we're put on the earth to make a difference. We really are. 
And so we just really have to constantly reassess ourselves, constantly say, am I doing the best I can? And you know what? 2020 showed me that I wasn't. So we have to just reassess ourselves and, and, and say, am I, am I on the right path? And then if, if we're not, you know, use the tools to get back on there, reach out to people. We are not alone on journey. And then we need to remember that too. Yeah. I mean, we concur. Yeah. We concur. Especially the part where we're, we're not yeah. Alone. I mean, it's unique to you and that that's the whole point is yeah. everyone defines yeah. journey differently. And that's the beautiful part of the question. My favorite part. Sometimes it's backwards. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Well, thank you, Eddie, so much yes. for being with us. Thank you yes. all for listening to this episode. If you have any questions about anything that we talked about, I know there was a lot there. Mm-hmm. You can DM Eddie on Instagram at yeah. Science of Touch. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I can go into the reads a little bit. But if anyone has any questions, like, yeah. you can shoot them my way. Sure. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. All right. That's all for now. Thank you guys Thanks so all. Much. Bye all. Bye.